0: Wall Street is full of corruption, and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbi. All right, everybody. It is a special sort of not Easter, sort of not Good Friday, sort of the sandwich meat in between kind of Rogue Scholar. And, you know, I probably wasn't going to go live today, but my God, you know, between every Tom, Dick, and Harry just absolutely salivating over everything but what matters. Like, God damn, they love, love their James Bond novels. Love them. Love them to death. Can I get away from the moronic stuff. Somebody told me, no joke, my day started with somebody trying to tell me that Richard Wolf understood MMT. While Richard Wolf proceeded to talk about how taxes pay for spending. While he proceeded to talk about how bonds are what fund government. And, and I thought to myself, holy God, on this weekend, can you please hook me up with people that genuinely understand MMT, and I'm not talking about the OGs and all the other real, you know, the the absolute creators and developers of MMT. I'm talking about you folk, the rank and file folk. Give me some hope. And then I realized most of y'all are over there watching people talking nonsense on these other channels about inflation, about gold, about not knowing shit, but saying shit, talking, constantly talking, and acting like an authority on these subjects. I mean, it cracks me up that the same people that want us back on the gold standard because the dollar isn't backed by gold are worthlessly stroking the mule, buffing the helmet, Loping the mule over the idea of shitcoin. Something that's not backed by anything. But we get to this inflation thing again. And I've talked about it so much. I almost feel like saying, screw it. Let the world burn. Hence the background. It's a good weekend for the hell awaits background, right? But Jamie Galbraith finally got into the middle of it because people talking about the central bank raising interest rates to try and stave off inflation. Folks, interest rates, hikes, are creating new money to go upward. That's what interest rates do. There's a basic income for the wealthy. And who pays that interest? You and I, when we take out loans. But James Galbraith went a step further. What he did was he took it out, Folks, I want you to know something. I love James Galbraith. <laughs> you see, I am tired of the gentleman's club. I'm tired of the love fest that goes on. People are, people are dying. And it's not a joke. And I'm so tired of everybody compartmentalizing like, oh, isn't it great? Oh, yeah, that inflation thing. Oh, yeah, that war thing. Oh, yeah, that that poverty thing. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that. And it's gotten to the point where when somebody like James Galbraith actually speaks truth, and really, really doesn't fuck around. That's when you know who your tribe is. Because people literally dying doesn't equate to the fucking pinky out gentlemen's club. It doesn't. And if you're not pissed, you know, ironically, Stephen Hale sent me a message the other night just to put this all in context with a screenshot from his memories of when he came on years ago for the podcast Macaron cheese, where we talked about 12 years, the IPCC report that was like, I don't know, 2017 it's 2022. It was five years ago. The podcast itself was released a couple of years later because we used one of my prior I uh, just read Girl Real Progressives interviews as the podcast. But he looked at me you know, in the message and said, Steve, wow. He goes, We said 12 years, X number of years ago, and it's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. And people don't want to be bothered with getting the word out. They don't want to be bothered. They want to go do family things, they want to go do fun things, they want to go freaking go on a vacation they want to buy of this they want to do with that they want to do anything but recognize the kids they love so fucking much are going to be crushed by what's coming next and by what i mean by that is all of us your kids my kids my kids will suffer because you didn't find it important not just your kid my kid too And I do find it important. I'm on fire. I'm flaming. I'm crazy about this. Because I don't want my kids to suffer. It matters to me 24 by 7. I don't take days off, minutes off, hours off, nothing off, seconds off. It's always on. Why is that? Let me read to you this. This right here is James Galbraith, like I said. And James Galbraith, (laughs) interestingly enough, has this great thing, and I'm just going to go ahead and make it the whole screen, although you can barely see that I'm sure, but let me just read it to you anyway. What James Galbraith says is, say what? Oh, let me see if I can do this a little differently. No, it's not going to let me do it, so I'll just shrink it back down and put it back up. And he says, say what? Seriously? Okay, I'll give it a try, but promise me this is not a joke. The notion that central banks fight inflation is a pernicious myth spread by their officers, acolytes, and credulous reporters. Central banks raise interest rates. The blather about inflation is eyewash. High interest rates are good for people with money to lend and not so good for people with loans to roll over. Galbraith's law states that people who have money to lend tend to have more money than people who do not have money to lend. Interesting, huh? Will higher interest rates stifle the U.S. economy? Maybe, maybe not. In the near term, overseas money will flow in. This will cause problems for the global poor. Some businesses may accelerate their borrowing to avoid even higher rates later on. Alan Greenspan hiked interest rates in 1994, and the boom lasted for six years. But of course, it eventually came to a crashing end. Can high interest rates squelch price increases driven by oil prices, supply chain disruptions, war, and a big boost to the Pentagon's budget? Be serious. The only way through wage cuts is wage cuts driven by mass unemployment alongside a flood of cheap foreign goods. Then Fed Chair Paul Volcker engineered both in the early 1980s. The first would be hard to repeat because there aren't that many high wage manufacturing jobs left. The second also is unlikely. There aren't that many low cost sweatshops out there anymore. So what will happen? My guess is bankruptcies, debt defaults, and financial crisis beginning in Europe where the sanctions regime imposed on Russia will bite the hardest. And then rapid growth of the emerging non-dollar, non-euro trading and financial zone. A suicide of the clueless. Get that. A suicide of the clueless. Now, you all may not care about this. It may not be anything important because the other alt-media groups are out there busy bitching about AOC, bitching about some other fucking shit-lib-dem that failed them. I'm more worried about you and I, because I don't expect shit from them. I expect better from you and I. We've got to be the ones digging and fighting and going and spreading and realizing it's urgent. Not acting like, eh, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I have other things to do. I'm more interested in other things. I'll get to it. When this shit starts hitting the fan, don't confuse this with something Russia did. Don't confuse this with something Putin did. Don't confuse this with somebody printing money. This is a gunshot wound to the junk. It is a fucking suicide of moronic proportions. As we bolster the non-dollar zones, as we absolutely eliminate one thing that he didn't say, and the most important thing he didn't say, that bothers me that he didn't say, and that is he, this eliminates the cooperation that could have occurred to try to stave off climate change, but as I already stated from my talk with Stephen Hale, we talked about this back in 2017. IPCC reports said 12 years. We released it in 2018 as macaron cheese. In 2022, it's gotten a hell of a lot worse. We have gotten way, way worse on the environment way way worse way way worse way way worse and everybody's fuck oh the nba basketball championships or the play-in tournament whatever oh oh let's go let's go do something fun let's ignore activism let's go fucking i don't know have a picnic Let's do something fun. Folks, I'm telling you. If there was a spaceship that could get me off this rock to find somewhere where people were serious and cared and weren't willing to fucking check out because it got boring or they wanted to do something more fun or whatever, God damn it, I'd be on the first flight off this rock. It wouldn't take me a second, man. I would be gone. We're on the Titanic and people are busy playing blackjack while the fucking ship breaks in half. Ah, you know, it'll be okay. The rich are over there on the boats going away, but all of us poors, we're in there fucking acting like it's no big deal. Sadly, sadly, the alt media world is covering anything but this because they don't know any better. And they don't want to know better, so they won't do better. But this is what's about to happen. When the prices of everything go up more than they already are, and the rich get even richer because they're getting more interest on their money, I want you to think about what that means. Oh, Here's a great comment by Thomas D. I'll put this up here. You know, for the people that have things better to do than watch this video, I hope you have a great time doing it. I hope it's spectacular for you. Because I'm sure one of your other alt media places is going to talk about it. I'm positive they will. I'm absolutely positive they will. Because they invest themselves so much in understanding macroeconomics that, of course, you would go there and listen to them talking about macroeconomics and the environment. I'm sure you would. Instead of them having a food fight about AOC, I'm sure of it. I'm positive. Think about that, that our, our world, our ability to fight back is directly impacted by people that can't be bothered to learn, that can't be bothered to activate, that can't be bothered, won't be bothered, refuse to be engaged because they have more fun things to do. Folks, it doesn't have to be this way. That's the thing. If it did, if if it had to be this way, I'd almost accept it. I mean, if you can't do anything about it, you can't do anything about it. But we can. And we're not willing. We're going to go ahead and we'll have all kinds of marches Everybody will start a sub stack. It'll be desperate times to hear them opine in some video. Everybody's got a microphone, so they're now all podcasters. And everybody's got the noise quotient so high. And they're saying nothing. They're saying absolutely nothing. Inflation, just so we're on the same page, is 100% an oligarch game of price gouging. Yes, there were supply chain issues for sure. Yes, there were other problems going on for sure. Yes, Russia and Ukraine is happening. But again, in the United States in particular, we got like 3%, 3% of our fuel from Russia. So it's, it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. I'm telling you right now, man. You ever felt tra- I feel like you know that movie Get Out where the person's still buried inside as the other fucking asshole takes over the body? I feel like that sometimes trapped by surrounded by people that don't want to get it, won't learn it, won't bother to stay stuck with it, won't commit themselves to be an activist, won't commit themselves to focus, won't feel the urgency. And I feel like I'm just screaming inside this body that's being overwhelmed by a neoliberal piece of shit that's ready to go to brunch. That's what I feel like. Every day I wake up wondering when people will care enough to not check out. And every day I'm more disappointed than the last. Because I keep thinking that people are going to care enough about survival for their kids, right? You care about your kids, right? So I keep thinking they're going to care about their kids enough to make this priority. And I'm always let down to realize they don't give a fuck. It's like lip service sandwich. But right now, we are literally being run by the most decrepit, stupid, idiot people. just the most moronic people surrounded by them. And, and you're like, you're like shaking them. And it's like that eight bit robot marching into the wall. I mean, you almost feel like they're a blow up doll. What the fuck? I don't even know what to do. I mean, I literally feel trapped, and it's got me insane. I can't stand being this trapped. Literally trapped as the shit goes down, and people are just la, 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 la. Oh, AOC, shitlib. Oh, 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 squad, shitlib. Whatever, whatever thing that attracts three and 400 people to listen to. You know, the next bit will be somehow or another it's the Rothschilds because dumb people don't have anything better to do than go full anti-Semitic. That's their their go-to move. Yeah, need to meditate, man. You know what? You meditate right on the back of that Titanic, brother. Here, let's go ahead and all meditate together. Um, Let's all meditate. I don't know what to do. I'll meditate. It won't change anything. I've got kids. I'm a dad, man. You guys not giving a fuck hurts my kids. Hurts my kids. I mean, seriously, this is serious shit. I don't know what to do. I really don't. I genuinely don't know what to do. I I mean, I I could go live 100 times a day. I could go run around, chase people on Twitter. Um, I'm surrounded by T-Bagistan here in central Pennsylvania. I don't know what to do. Yeah, No, no, I do. Hey, for real, all joking aside, you're right. You know, I, I don't drink anymore, and there's a reason I don't drink anymore. It's because a sober mind is required to deal with the shit that's going on and absolutely must deal with meditation. There is no question about it. But I want you all to feel the urgency. I don't want you to be sleeping at the wheel. I don't want you talking to your kids as if this is just nothing. I'm tired of my mom, your mom, your grandmother, everybody else having a stronger opinion of nothingness than we do of somethingness. This is fucking important, guys. Inflation, when people are making $33 billion in profit, profit, That's here's the cost of goods sold, everything above, is profit 33 billion above the margin? And they're going to raise prices by 5% to pay for fuel and for inflation. What? Who is getting the money from inflation, folks? Who is getting the money from increased interest rates, folks? Every time you spend a dollar, it goes up. It's got a natural helium effect. It goes up, 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 and it lands up here somewhere in the fire sector and it goes through the maze of being invested in bullshit. Maybe it's crypto for some loser. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But I can tell you right now. The average rank and file activist doesn't have a clue about this stuff. They think that raising interest rates will stop inflation. Because after all, that's what Volcker did, right? After all, that's what Milton Friedman suggested doing, is raising interest rates, making money so expensive that nobody wants to buy anything. The only difference is is that people still have to do things. They don't make enough money because wages haven't kept up. And when they start making it more expensive to live, middle-class people start losing their homes. Lower middle-class people start getting rent hikes and they start losing their rental properties. Poor people end up living under bridges if they're not already under bridges. And the others just die. Suicide. Suicide. Fucking suicide. But yeah, sure, go to brunch, sure. Check out, sure, go have some fucking fun. Go have some fun. Focus on buying a Tesla. Check out your 401k, please. Go enjoy a nice supper with your friends. Allow your wives and your husbands that don't give a shit about this to squelch you from talking about it. By all means. By all means. By all means. I'm so angry, I can't see straight. I'm not joking. Folks, the government creates the money period. It doesn't require bond sales to finance the government. It sells bonds because the rich want to keep their money growing to keep up with inflation, so they earn an interest on that money. And all those bonds are, what do you get how do you get a bond? Think about it. You use your already existing dollars that you have and you go buy a bond and it earns 2% interest or 3% interest or whatever fuck ever it is. Okay. Now, if you're only buying a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, that's not that much money. But if you've got a billion dollars sitting there at the Federal Reserve from doing business with the United States. And that billion dollars is put into a bond. Two percent on a billion ends up being a lot of cheddar, doesn't it? Three percent is even nicer. But what if they raise interest rates to like five percent? Now you're talking about a whole lot of money, right? And that's what Galbraith is talking about. Foreign investors suddenly flooding to buy U.S. bonds. Why? Folks, bonds do a couple things. Number one, they delay purchasing. They take money out of circulation, so to speak, but not really, because bonds are kind of fluid too. So, all this is is a massive transfer of wealth to the wealthy already, the already wealthy. It's taking away buying power from us little people. That's it. It's taking away our ability to survive, fuck having fun. Just to survive, to eat, to get to and from a job. But yeah, sure, why not? Let's go ahead and talk about a food fight about some other, you know, alt media group or some, oh, the shit libs this, the shit libs that. Yeah, let's do that instead. so disappointed. Every day I wake up hoping and I just keep getting more disappointed. Is there hope? Hope is with you. Hope is with you. It's not with somebody else. Hope is with you. You have got to care enough about this to carry it on, to carry the message on, to learn, to take time to invest in learning this. Because we don't have a lot of time, folks. Oh, here's a great comment by Mr. Fabian. Remember, U.S. treasuries are only sold for U.S. dollars. That's right, you can't buy treasuries with anything other than U.S. dollars. And pre- previously spent into the economy, congressional appropriations. Now, I want you to know something, and this makes me really sad. I told you in the beginning that Richard Wolf had one of these well, I didn't tell you all this part, but I'll tell you it now. He put out a Q&A video on federal finance. In fact, let me see if I can find it. I don't really want to show this. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed because so many people listen to this crap. And it just seems like, why? Why, why in the world would you do that? And I can't answer the question. I really can't. I'm going to try and pull it up. And I think he was uh Let's see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> he just did it the other day, and it's so gross, but I think it was called answering questions or something like that. Oh, uh, where are you, Richard Wolf? and we're gonna call this um. See if it shows it. Here it is. Here it is. This is the most shameful thing you will ever see in your life. And if you don't think it's shameful, trust me, I'll make you realize how shameful it is. I'll make you realize it because I can't tolerate anyone not getting this. It's fucking gross. But let's go ahead and do this. Chrome tab, Professor Wolf, share. And let's go ahead. I'm going to put my headphones on so I can hear this, too, so I can tell you what's going on. And we'll take it through. Now, mind you, this is a guy who gets all kinds of love from our movement. Why, I don't know. Let me go ahead and do the proper thing there.
1: This is Richard Wolf from Democracy at Work, responding to another Ask Prof. Wolf question from from our our Patreon community. community. But in fact, today I'm going to respond to two questions that overlap and so allow me in a way to respond to more than one at a time, uh, which I would like to do when it's possible. So let me begin by thanking Nancy Schwartz, who sent in one of these two questions, and Michael Tanzi, who sent in the other. Both of these questions go to government finance. In other words, what is this exactly? What is going on, we might say, when the government borrows money? Why does it do it? What are the consequences? What alternatives are there? (laughs) And of course, this is an urgent question because in our times right now, governments are borrowing more money than we have ever seen.
0: uh, Okay, first things first, folks. Let's just start there before we get any further. Half of you, maybe three quarters of you, think Richard Wolf is like some. Genius. Oh my God. Richard Wolf. Now, I am a Marxist Leninist, freaking lefty. I, I mean, I, I'm big on central planning, even. I mean, we're talking about, I am literally a guy who would everything but his uh, everything that Richard Wolf says other than federal finance, I probably agree with him on. I, I mean, Seriously. But this guy will not get out of his own way. He is a microeconomist. Understand this microeconomist versus macro. Dude does not understand how banking works. He does not understand aggregates. And if he does, he's pretending to not know it because it would invalidate nine tenths of his work previously. That's the problem with this stuff. Once you've committed to a track and you're an academic and you go by doctor or professor and you've written books, you've got a body of work to defend. Even if it's fucked up and wrong, you'll double down, triple down, quadruple down. Why is that? I don't know. I guess it's self-preservation. But it's disinformation. It's disinformation. But let's go ahead and let Tricky Dick go back here because I'm so disgusted. Because see, here's... Let me tell you what we do know. What we do know is people that work with him, that were doing podcasts with him, that were MMTers, explained to him how federal finance works. People that live in New York City who have been around him at lunches, you name it, friends with him, hang out, go parties, do whatever, have explained this to him at length. Professionals, not just rank and file activists going, Richard Wolf, well, don't you know MMT? I'm talking about the biggest of the bigs talking to him. And he knows. He's even written some articles that say you should check out, and I'm going to tip my hat here, you should check out my colleague, Stephanie Kelton. She talks about MMT. Now, he's going to say, oh, she's got it right. Trust Stephanie Kelton. She knows her shit. Now, if Richard Wolf was in the business of presenting the truth, Richard Wolf would have said, Good question, my friend. Let me show you what my colleague Stephanie Kelton had to say about this. But he didn't do that. He decided he was going to uncork a yarn for your pleasure to go along with all the other James Bond stuff. This is straight out of like Gregory Manku's textbook. This is neoclassical bullshit that's about to come from his mouth. Now I'm going to show it to you, but be warned, it's all bullshit. And that is heartbreaking. Because this is what is stopping us from being able to talk about the stuff James Galbraith put out there and to the start of the show. And everybody slathers up Tricky Dick Wolf. He's probably a great guy, even a better dancer. He might even be good at shuffleboard. But he is terrible at macroeconomics. And if that offends you, how about learning some macroeconomics? And you'll be on my side too when you're done but until then let's let richard wolf do his thing here we go
1: uh, in the history of not only peacetime but any time uh in the, the lives of countries including, including the united states, states. so oh, here, here we go what? when the government does things all kinds of things <laughs> and let's be really clear in the history of capitalism and before that too we have always had governments do enormous numbers of things, things. all kinds of reasons for that, including the economic reality that we see everywhere, that if you have a big entity doing a whole lot of things, it's often cheaper than having all of those things done by individual units called economies of scale uh, in economics. It's why we have large corporations. It's why we have Large government.
0: Okay. First things first. Richard Wolf is telling you about economies of scale. Economies of scale are a private sector thing. The government doesn't operate in the private sector. The government operates in the public sector. When the government creates money, it creates it outside of itself. The government neither has nor doesn't have money. It creates it when it spends. Okay. So there is no economies of scale with the government. The government itself has no limits to how much money it can print, as he'll say. But no, nobody else worth listening to ever says printing money. I'm telling you right now. Money is made on things like this, a keyboard. When you add money into an account, you add a plus. When you take away money, you hit the minus key. Loans create deposits. Deposits are what is spent out of an individual's account. We do not lend deposits. Deposits do not get re-lent to anyone. That's not how it's done. Banks create IOUs. But the federal government, none of that shit matters. The federal government can buy anything. Anything for sale in U.S. dollars. Literally anything. Anything. But let's go ahead and let Rich Wolf spin some more yarns here because he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. Not much of it good, but he's got stuff to say.
1: They can do things and by doing it for everybody, they can minimize often the costs and so on that are involved.
0: Who cares but about the anything, costs?
1: When we have governments and we want them to do things like maintaining roads or providing security or whatever it is. The question is how we're going to pay for that. And one way to do it is to tax. And societies have been doing that for a long time.
0: Okay, let's stop Tricky Dick one more time. So taxes, one way to pay for roads is through taxes. If you are a state, New York, California, Florida, Michigan, Whatever. Yes. Taxes pay for spending at the state level, but not at the federal level because the federal is the currency issuer. It creates it when it writes a law, it creates it when it creates an automatic stabilizer, like something like welfare or food stamps or any of these things that inject money into the economy to pay for those items. Those are automatic stabilizers that are already predetermined that happen when something you know, happens, A some sort of an event happens that triggers the payments to start going out. That's the federal government, and it's all new money. Not one penny of that is a tax dollar. Richard Wolf is wrong. But yet his sycophants run around shouting and waving and say, no, you're wrong, Steve, you're wrong. Richard Wolf said. No, you're wrong. No, I'm not. And I'm not even a PhD economist, but damn it, I could do the fucking moonwalk around this cat when it comes to macro. So anyway, let's keep going. Let's let Richard dig a little deeper so you guys can be further misinformed. But swear to God, you heard it from the Lord himself because that's what people treat this guy as. And I, like I said, he may be a great grandfather. He might be a decent archer. He might even be a pretty good pool player i bet you he can do a mean swan dive but he can't do macroeconomics cannot do macroeconomics and if you don't understand that let's listen some more and let's let richard tell us the way it goes here's richard again
1: uh, we take money from individuals from institutions from corporations from businesses we bring it all together give it to the government so we can pay the people and the input costs for providing the services we
0: want. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> Listen, folks, Jesus Christ on a half shell. That's the end of the story. That's the end of the story right there. We tax them, and then we spend them. The end of the story. We sell bonds, we create money. That's the end of the story. Dude, that is like less than 099 macro pathetic. That is less than 099 classes. That's the remedial classes. That's the, I don't know my ass from my elbow level of economics. But more people will say, hey, Richard Wolf, why don't you come on to our alt media program so you could explain modern monetary theory because you, sir, are a good man. Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution gives the power of the purse to Congress. Article 1, Section 8. Article 1, Section 10 says that states cannot create currency. Article 1, Section 8 says Congress alone has the power of the purse. Article 1, Section 10 forbids the states from doing it. Huh, I wonder if somebody needs to take a macro class. I think somebody might need to fucking take a macro class. Am I pissed? Yeah, why am I pissed? Because people are lapping this shit up like St Richard gets it, but he doesn't get it. And here's the thing. okay, here we go. Let, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and do this i'm gonna I'm gonna drop Bruce down a peg. I love LVT. Land value tax is an amazing single tax solution, and it's perfect for local communities and stuff like that. It's an absolutely spendiferous way to prevent the rentier class from just squatting on land, keeping it unproductive, etc. It's an amazing tax. MMT is not against LVT. Bam. MMT isn't against Georgism. Bam. But guess what? You don't understand the currency issue or currency user dynamic, because if you did, an LVT at the federal level would just delete all the, uh, the the land value taxes paid. That's all it would do is delete the taxes. At the state level, it's funding the government, funding the fucking police that are currently being funded by fines, fees, and penalties on the poor. But yes, I love LVT. I think it is a great single tax. I think it is an amazing tax. And if you want to know how I feel about it beyond what I just ranted about, you could check out my episode of Macro and Cheese where I have LVT folks come. Richard Nyman. And, oh, goodness, I'm screwing up. I can't remember the other gentleman's name's Joshua something. Um, but anyway, regardless, I am on board with LVT, and MMT is not afraid of LVT. So let's get our shit together before we say MMT plays a cop out. That's just, that's, that's, that's dumb. It's not a real thing. That's dumb. I love LVT. MMT like LVT. Steve Keen likes LVT. Michael Hudson likes LVT. I like LVT. Okay. So now that we got LVT out of the way, let's get back to Richard trying to tell some more stories. Here we go. Story. It can can be be done. done. We We can can pay pay as we go as a nation nation by taxing taxing ourselves to
1: enable the government government to function. (laughs) However, (laughs) what we have, particularly in capitalist societies, is a very well coordinated effort by business to avoid paying taxes. Oh, God, the business. People to avoid paying taxes. It's not that the rest of us don't want to avoid it, but we don't really have the way to do that. Big corporations collect (laughs) into their hands amounts of money that allow them to buy politicians and, you know, the rest of that story, rich people likewise. So they begin to resist paying taxes and they do that quite successfully. That pushes the burden of taxes onto the rest of us, the mass of the
0: Okay. All right, guys, are you not embarrassed yet by this? (laughs) Let's render the fucking rich irrelevant, okay? But the fact is, is that he does get a lot of things right there. This is why I told you. There is the political space. A lot of the political space, Richard and I are simpatico. I do believe we should tax live in bejesus out of that Rontier class. I do believe we should be taxing the living shit out of them. But not not to fund things and definitely not regular people. See, what's what what Richard's doing here. And for all of you who don't understand and you want to defend Richard, because after all, a Ph.D. doctor fighting against an activist in a YouTube channel, he definitely needs to be protected. He needs to be protected. you go out there and be a white knight and protect Richard. You can do it. Go protect him. Go ahead and punch down, right? Except I'm smarter than him in this case. On When it comes to macro, when it comes to aggregates, either that or he's poeing us. It's a total poe job. He's either fucking like punking us. You're like looking around for the hidden camera. Because there's no way this man could be saying this if he understood MMT or if he understood his colleague, Stephanie Kelton, and all the rest of the stuff. If he understood, he wouldn't say this. See, Richard's still living in a world of the gold standard. Richard's still living in a world that doesn't exist anymore. And he's purveying things that he was taught and doesn't want to let go of. He's got a death grip on shit that's ancient, that doesn't exist, that's not real. A tax, what we call a Pagovian tax, is a sin tax. It doesn't pay for anything. No federal tax pays for anything. Federal taxes drive the need for currency. See, this is what happened to the Confederacy. The Confederacy could not enforce a tax. It could not enforce an obligation payable in their currency. And because it could not do that, the Confederacy went into hyperinflation. Had nothing to do with printing money. Don't be a loser. Had nothing to do with any of that. Had to do with the fact that they could not enforce a tax. And by not being able to enforce a tax, they were unable to stave off a tax against. Their Confederate dollar. Okay? So, but taxes literally, literally are there to be a, a kind of a brake pedal or a gas pedal for the economy. They don't fund anything. The rich like to keep their money, yes. And they have tax havens and offshore accounts, and they do all kinds of nonsense to get out of paying their taxes. And the little people, you and I, we have the IRS breathing down our necks if we don't pay our taxes. So in that sense, optically speaking, it does look like it's left to us, doesn't it? But the fact is, is that every fine, every fee, every penalty is payable in U.S. dollars. And that is what they get you, and that is how they keep you needing the money. No matter whether you got Bitcoin or not, you got to convert it into U.S. dollars to to, to settle your tax debt. This is the way they keep you on the hook, period. There's no wiggling out. And if you dodge, it doesn't change the fact. What it does is that it puts the onus on the little people to maintain the value of the dollar, if you will. It's not really the value of the dollar because the government is the price setter. Ah, except right now, right? Except right now. Warren Mosler would tell you that as the money monopolist, that the U S government is the price setter, but what's happening. Smoky rooms where people are freaking corrupt as hell. These people have raised their ROI return on investment numbers, and they have decided to get an extra 5% a la Amazon. They're going to get you with that 5% tax for fuel and inflation. Amazon with a $33 billion, uh profit last year. So now let's go and listen to more of Richard Wolf. People. And
1: they keep, and they keep doing, doing that, that until, until the mayor says, says no, no more. We, we can't, can't have it. Now the the government's government's in a jam. Everybody wants the services it provides, businesses, workers, and so on, but nobody can pay for what it now costs. And what happens is the politicians solve that problem by borrowing.
0: Okay, folks. (laughs) The government can afford anything at all. Anything at all that can be purchased with U.S. dollars, period, full stop. That's it. Everything else he says is a lie. This is the lie, the scarcity narrative that the bad guys, the Republicans tell you. That the libertarians believe. That the dumb fuck corporate Dems believe. Yeah, the only thing wrong with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Now the government's going to have to borrow from private banks or something. What a fucking stooge. What a fucking moron. There. I mean, what a fucking bozo. Great comment, Thomas D appreciate this this is the stuff that we need to be understanding more and more and more of i mean this is so ridiculous after a little while you should be like so embarrassed you should be so embarrassed that you allow this guy to keep talking macroeconomics tell him i dude i love you when you talk about co-ops but shut your mouth when it comes to macro you don't know your ass from your elbow so let's listen to more of this insanity
1: they don't tax the rich. They don't tax the rest of us as much as they might need to to perform their function.
0: Hold on but- to perform their functions, Jude, Do you realize King Richard had just told you this? Ah, god, you all people watch this guy like he's ah, What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! The government can't perform its functions unless you pay more taxes because they need your taxes. Otherwise, they got to borrow money because without your taxes, they can't pay the bills. Do you have any idea how Richard Wolf here? Let's put his face up there because I love this place where I stopped it. Look at him. Me, myself, and I. Anyway, this is <laughs> Richard Wolf. <laughs> telling you the government can't function without your tax because after all, it'll go bankrupt. It can't pay its bills. Now it's got to run out and borrow money. Folks, the law states that you got to sell bonds to offset spending. Why do you sell bonds to offset spending? Well, it's because it's anachronism from the gold standard. Anachronism being something they used to do way, 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 way back. Something they did back in the other years, back in the old days. Let's go ahead and sell us a bond to finance the spending because we got to match up against the gold. We don't want to devalue the gold, so we got to go ahead and sell some bonds to pull that money away so that the gold has X number of tokens charged against it because if you spend more tokens against the gold, it devalues the gold. But we ain't on a fucking gold standard no more. Ended in 1972, Bretton Woods Accord, done. Fanny, done. But yet this guy that you all celebrate and worship. Oh yeah, yes, don't Where I mean, this is the guy that you guys celebrate. What the fuck? feel a little teeny bit embarrassed i know i feel embarrassed for you he's telling you i i, I mean here i'm gonna back it up just a little bit more so you could hear it one more time and please try not to throw up your pre-easter dinner this is the politicians
1: solve that problem by borrowing they don't tax the rich they don't tax the rest let's do it again for for what what it now costs
0: let's do a little bit further back
1: or we can't can't have it now now the the government's in the jam everybody wants the services it it businesses businesses, workers workers, and so so on but nobody nobody can pay pay for what what it now now costs costs. and what what happens is politicians solve that problem by borrowing they don't tax the rich they don't tax the rest of us as much as they might need to to perform their function but they (laughs) borrow instead that's another way of getting the money and by borrowing we call that issuing bonds in other words they give an iou to whatever lender is going to give them money that's all
0: okay so let's let's just deal with this again god damn it the open market when they sell bonds they put these bonds out there. Everybody that has an interest in earning 2 or 3% on their money will go ahead and buy a bond. It's the safest bet in town. Why, why do you think U.S. bonds are safe? Let's, let's take a minute to think about this for just a second. If the United States is tanking, if it's broke, where do you think the interest for those bonds comes from? Your taxes? No, Chauncey. It doesn't come from your taxes. That money is already pre-funded. They know how much. If I give you a six-month bond, and it's a million-dollar bond or whatever, and I buy a six-month bond, I already pre the interest because it's a set thing. It's not flung in and back and forth. I know how much it's going to be, and it's pre-funded. That's money that is already in existence. That will be given to them. Where does that money come from? A fucking keyboard. Nobody's digging it up out of the ground. Nobody has to go to war to do it. And yet, most of our friends listen to this trash, share it ridiculously. And this is not MMT at all, my friends. This is fucking stupidity. This is fucking not even 099 shit. Yeah, Here, I'm going to put this as a great one. Thank you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, 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 China, China. We need to borrow some money. We need to borrow some U.S. dollars. China. China, will you give us some U.S. dollars, China? Well, if we give you this money, you got to promise you're not going to come and go to war against us with that money we're giving you. Do you see fucking how stupid that is? For anybody that wants to know about the rubles, the gold, and all that shit, I did not only a rogue scholar on it check our list out you'll see it it's uh it was a gold ruble or uh, oil golden rubles oh my okay is what i think i titled it because i'm so sad that our people are led by the nose by libertarian thinkers so disgusted by the fucking bitcoin people running around spreading fucking economic illiteracy you cannot debase a fucking fiat currency that's not pegged to a fucking commodity. You cannot debase it. Again, I got a pool of gold. Let's say it's a pizza pie. It is a pizza pie. It's a good pizza. Okay? I cut the pizza pie in eight slices. Eight slices. Each slice, if I say the pizza pie is worth $10 or $8, let's keep it simple smiley. It's worth $8. But then I go ahead and cut it into 16 slices. Well, you know, each slice, if you make it a dollar a slice, you're getting a whole lot less. And that right there is debasing and devaluing. If you're a cocaine dealer and you get your first bit from the man, the man, he's like, here it is, brother, 100% pure. And you're like, okay, man, now I got to deal it. How do I make money off this? Oh, hey, dude. You got any of that aspirin or something else to cut this shit with the baking powder to cut it with? Let's go ahead and cut this fucking Coke up. So now all of a sudden they debase the Coke and they, they stamp it down with some fucking cut. That's debasing. We aren't on a gold standard. We're not back to a commodity. You can't debase a free-floating fiat currency. We have a free-floating fiat currency. Sorry, go in the time machine. Go back to 1972, or actually go back to 1970. Go back to 1970. The French will be knocking on your door, trying to take all of their French borrowing, the money that they bought from the U.S., all their U.S. holdings, and they're trying to force-redeem their holdings in gold. And Tricky Dick said, shit, we ain't got enough gold for this nonsense. So he ended the Bretton Woods Accord, stopped the, uh, the redeemability of gold immediately, put us on a sovereign free-floating fiat currency. Now, why does that matter? Why does that matter? Think about this. The people that suck knew about having a free-floating fiat currency back during FDR's time when we were at World War II. They understood the full power, the full faith and credit of the United States by removing the gold standard to ramp up the military machine, to ramp up production of tanks and planes and boats and bullets and guns. They know this stuff. They weren't telling them anything different. They knew this stuff. But you and I. We bought bonds. We bought war bonds. So we thought for sure that our money was funding the war effort. All it was doing was being taken out of circulation to delay purchasing power because every single factory during World War II was gunning for, no pun intended, the war machine. It was ramped up. Every man, woman, and child was either fighting in the war or working in the factories. And these people had money. They were earning an income. But there was nothing to buy because everything was being put to the war machine. So they had to find a way to stop inflation. The only way to stop that kind of inflation where there's not enough of the real goods and services available that people need and demand. And that scarcity would have been a demand pull. It would have literally jacked up prices. So they decided to sell war bonds to take the heat off the economy. But it didn't fund the fucking war effort. It just stopped people from buying things during a time where we needed their focus to be on the war machine. Because we didn't have enough real resources for them to buy. But he had nothing to do with funding. Sorry, Richard Wolf. So let's get back to old Tricky Dick here. Let's let him finish this garbage off. And forgive me.
1: What well, a government bond is. It's the same thing as government borrowing. It's just a form in which that borrowing is done. You literally, if you lend to the government, get a piece of paper where the government promises to pay you back at a certain point and to give you interest payments between now and when they pay you back. It's an I.
0: Folks, he's trying to tell you that the government uses that money because it doesn't have money. It's going broke, and It really needs your money. And that's why they sell these bonds, because it uses those bonds to fund government. Now, I want you to think about how stupid this is. I'm going to use Warren Mosler's money story. Governments wanted to be able to fund a functioning army. Actually, this may be a combination of Warren's story and my version of the story, but fuck it, it's the same thing. Close enough. Governments wanted, kings wanted, to be able to have a standing army. They wanted to build aqueducts. Caesar wanted to build all these different monuments, all these different, the Colosseum, he needed to fund the army across abroad, right? Right. He needed to fund it. So what did he do? Well, he went ahead and minted coins with his mugshot on it, right? But before we get there, here, sir, here's a piece of gold. Here you go. Will you go ahead and build me a road? The guy's looking at the gold and he's like, nah, man, I'm good. I think I'm going to go fishing. I think I'm going to go ahead and dig up some potatoes in my yard. I think I'm going to bang my old lady. I think I'm going to play with the kids. Ah, I see your point there. How about if I give you this gold with my face on it? And the guy's like, eh, nah, I'm not going to take that either. And he goes, ah, oh, shit, you're right. Ah, I got an idea. How about if I put a 10 gold coin tax on your hut? Will you do it now? And he's like, well, shit. How do, I, how do I get that money? How do I get the money to pay the tax? He's like, yeah, yeah, here we go. I need you to build this road. I need you to build an aqueduct. Guy's like, okay, just give me the 10 coins to pay the tax. on my house. To keep my house. You see? That's the money story. That's how it works. He, the king didn't run around going, oh, shit. I don't have enough tax dollars. I just, I just don't have enough tax dollars. What, whatever am I gonna do? No tax dollars. No road for you, man. No tax dollars. Fucking stupid. Let's go ahead and let him tell you more about how those bonds are funding your fucking government. After the fact, by the way, government's already funded but you gotta sell bonds because that's the law. But see, MMT would say, get rid of the fucking bonds. We don't need bonds. Set it to a permanent zero interest rate, period. Because bonds defend a positive interest rate. And if you think, again, back to James Galbraith's stuff that we talked about a little bit ago, you know damn well that raising interest rates doesn't stop inflation. That's not what happens. It literally, it's backwards. It literally creates inflation. It may stop you and me from being able to afford things, which is hurting who? Who do you think that hurts? Do you think that hurts the rich? Are they suffering? Fuck no. This is disciplining the poors once again. And it's a policy choice. It's not necessity. It's a policy choice. Oh, Richard Wolf! Here, let's let's show this face. I love this face. This is perfect. This is the face you make. This is the O face. O, 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 when you don't know, no, no, what the fuck you're talking about. This is the O face. Let's go ahead and let Richard talk some more. It's crazy shit coming out of his mouth.
1: Oh, you like any other. Now here comes the politics of it all. Who lends to the government? The answer is the mass of us employees don't the major lenders to the government of the united states for example are big corporations led by banks big insurance (laughs) companies very well this guy is a fucking ass crystal Foreign government that's basically it the mass of the working class doesn't lend to the government oh now let's understand what that means the (laughs) government is spending money for services but is borrowing it from the rich.
0: <laughs> I can't let it go any further, folks. I can't let this turd burglar go any further. I, I'm serious. Do you realize people listen to him? <laughs> oh, they listen to him. They listen to him and put this shit out there. Like it's real. Like there's some value. Why would the, yes, you know what, damn it, damn you, Jules. <laughs> Why you have to put that up there? <laughs> Why the fuck would the issuer of the currency borrow that currency from anyone? Exactly. Oh, my God. But I swear to God, like it's, it's almost like. This is what people are doing when they listen to this shit. And I mean, they throw it at you. Oh Richard said it's different. Uh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Boy, this is embarrassing that people listen to this shit. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Taxed the rich. It
1: could have taxed the corporations but they they were were politically politically powerful and got that stopped. So instead, they still give money to the government, but instead of a tax, they have arranged for government borrowing. The government comes to them and borrows the money. It did not have the courage to tax.
0: (laughs) The government borrows the money from rich people. And big corporations to be able to fund itself because it didn't have the courage to tax to pay for these things you can't make it up i mean i guess you can because that's what richard wolf is doing right there that's what richard wolf is doing right there he's making it up I mean, this is, this is a guy who is supposed to be honorable, who is supposed to be someone you can rely on, someone you can count on. And yet people trust him Pavlovian style. Pavlovian. They listen to him and he doesn't know his ass from his elbow. Tax the billionaires to diminish their power. Tax the billionaires because billionaires shouldn't exist. Tax the billionaires because they have an outsized strength and power in our government. Tax them to take away their power. But that tax is deleted. It's shredded. Where does the money go? Ding, ding, ding on a keyboard right here. That minus button. That's it. Nothing more. That's where your tax went. Gone. Your taxes are never repurposed. They don't get redistributed. They don't get sent to anyone because here's the thing. Without a spending bill in place to offset the money taken away, taxes do nothing but shrink the economy. This is how Bill Clinton was able to have a surplus. Now, mind you, The reason why the economy was rocking and rolling under Clinton was because of an insane amount of private debt. And when the private debt bubble burst, the economy collapsed. It first collapsed partially on W. Then it kind of ramped up because of the wars, because all that spending back into the wars filled the bathtub again. But then the collapse of the housing market and the fact that the government did nothing to stop it caused more bankruptcies and everything else. And it caused the entire economy to bottom out. And they had to do all kinds of crazy shit. And then Obama comes in with a mealy mouth, less than a trillion dollars spending package that made it the most prolonged shitty recession slash recovery known to mankind. Because a dick shit's like rich here. Richie, richie, rich, okay? Let's let Richard Wolf talk some more trash.
1: And so now for rich people and corporations, they are in the catbird seat, aren't they? Instead of paying taxes, they give that same amount of money to the government, but it's a loan, which they will get paid back. And while they're waiting, they'll get interest. This is the best arrangement for funding the government that rich people and corporations could ever have imagined. And guess who has to come up with the money to pay them back?
0: The federal government the
1: money to pay the, in- the
0: federal government. Uh-huh. You and me, you, you son of a, a bitch taxes. liar. This motherfucker that did it. That's the end. I can't hear any more of this trash. Literally taxes do not fucking fund spending. If, if they eliminated the tax on every one of us and just ran perpetual deficits, If they went ahead and paid all that interest money to those people, the the big businesses, it would be nothing more than another cash transfer to them via keystrokes. That's it. That's it. It never is passing it on to the grandchildren. It never is passing it on to you and I. It's never passing it on to the fucking taxpayer dollar. Now let me show you something. I'm going to read a thing to you all because I'm so fucking sick of this bullshit showing up constantly. And this one right here is going to, um, this is going to piss you off. It should. If it doesn't, we're in trouble. So I'm going to go ahead and share this screen. I'm, I'm momentarily going to step away from Tricky Dick here. And I'm going to share another thing Chrome Tab. This is called The Dangerous Myth of Taxpayer Money. Okay. And this is written by two people who I happen to know and love, Raul Carrillo and Jesse Meyerson. And I'm going to read this to you. Why am I going to read this to you? Well, because I don't think you'll read it if I don't. That's sad, but true. I don't think you'll read this if I don't read it to you. There is no such thing as public money, only taxpayer money, Margaret Thatcher. Sounds very familiar to Richard Wolf, doesn't it? When Vice President Mike Pence flew home to Indiana earlier this month, it was to pull off a publicity stunt, censuring protests against racist policing. Rather than dragging him for this, however, take after take after take, Zoomed in on different offense altogether. Pence is wasting taxpayer money. Folks, taxpayer money. Taxpayer money. You get the point? This is Richard Wolf in a nutshell. Every fucking Neo-Maxi Zundweebi that doesn't know shit from Shinola fucking parrots this garbage, and I've had enough of it. Had enough of it. So, The writers in question may have told themselves they were hurting Pence by exposing his hypocrisy, but by using the taxpayer money frame, they were spreading, however unwittingly, a racist, sexist, classist myth. Although most of us paid taxes of some kind. Every time we say taxpayer money, we prolong the illusion that society depends on certain kinds of people so we can have nice things. Because what would we do without the fucking rich, right? Right. Oh, my God. This is Richard Wolf all the way. And you guys fucking suckle at his teeth. God damn it. Why? One quick exercise shows Why? Picture a taxpayer. What does one look like? A homeless black trans teen? An immigrant day laborer waiting on the corner? A young mom trying to cobble together enough income to feed her family while languishing on the disability backlog? Unlikely. Let's be honest. We know what sort of people taxpayers are supposed to be. And they're not the ones who should be casting as the aggrieved parties. Calling public money, taxpayer money, implicitly affirms that taxation is theft. If the money is taxpayers' by right, what business does the government have using it for healthcare, jobs, or clean water? If we're looking out for taxpayers and not the public as a whole. We are favoring wealthier groups over poorer ones, white people over black people, men over women, U.S. born over immigrants, and so forth. We're hiding how the economic order relies not merely on the sacrifices of taxpayers, but on the contributions of debtors, tenants, workers, and countless other actors. We're perpetuating the politics behind the 1970s California taxpayer revolt, the 1980s demonization of welfare queens and the make america great again movement faux populism that suggests the great majority rely on the wealthy rather than vice versa not only is the taxpayer money framing damaging it doesn't reflect how public spending actually fucking works actually works let's see this we can go back to that in a second a household or a business may have to stash or borrow money before it can spend any but we are users of the currency the u.s government which is the issuer the fucking issuer the issuer of the currency works differently fucking richard hello richie richie rich hello yo richard richard eyes up here eyes up here works differently. Congress votes to spend new money on something. Then the Treasury and the Federal Reserve credit the relevant bank accounts, and that's it. The government has spent new money into existence. Later, Congress may tax old money back out of existence, but it isn't collecting money in order to spend. It is offsetting earlier spending. It may also offset spending by bumping student loan rates policing for profit, or various other activities. Although Congress taxes everyday people too heavily, calling public money taxpayer money makes as much sense as calling it student debtor money or suspicious driver money. In other words, every time somebody has a car speeding or whatever and they pay a fine, they're funding you, baby, at the federal level. But maybe at the state and local level, that's true. And we can look at that at Ferguson and we can look at it at other places where the police are funded literally by ch- finding every homeless person and whatever and jacking them up for the pennies they have. By finding black people, riding down the road, pulling them over for a busted taillight and fucking running the tickets through the roof to fund the police station. That's a local thing. That's not the federal thing. The federal doesn't do it. Why doesn't it do it? Because it's about power. It's a power thing. Look at a dollar bill and you will see the signatures of its creators, not taxpayers, but the public officials who let the taxpayers hold it in the first place. Money doesn't grow on rich people. We should heavily tax the billionaire class so we stop living in an oligarchy. But we don't need private capital for federal spending, for public spending. The federal government doesn't confiscate dollars and redistribute them. It uses its legal power and to, to create and destroy them. Margaret Thatcher, folks, folks, let me just give you the look. Let me give you the look real quick. Margaret Thatcher, Queen Neoliberal. Queen Neoliberal. She says the same exact shit Richard Wolf says. I want you to know, I want you to think about what I just fucking said. Richard Wolf is telling you the stories of Reagan and Thatcher. He's using their same oppressive dynamics. Why? He seems like a reasonably intelligent man. Why is he doing that? Hmm, I got, some, I got some ideas of why, but I'm going to leave it at that. Let's get back to this. Margaret Thatcher's mantra was backwards. There is no such thing as taxpayer money, only public money. Modern money is a, creator, a creature of the public, and we should use it for public power. We are the public, and we deserve a clear equal say in how our economy and society work, no matter how much we each pay in taxes. It's time to claim our democratic rights. There is more than enough housing for the homeless, food for the hungry, and medicine for the sick. There is enough low-carbon emission technology to transform our energy system, quit exacerbating the climate crisis, and hire unemployed people all in one fell swoop. And there is more than enough public money to manage it all. Exposing hypocrisy may feel good, but it does little actual good. The people who primarily identify as taxpayers are Trump and Pence's base. Constantly repeating that their taxpayer money is being wasted only pressures them to violently defend their property as the system encourages us all to do under stress, yelling, who's the paid protester now? At America's most basic bigot feels therapeutic, but it's not powerful. For over 40 years, Democrats have chided the GOP for fiscal hypocrisy. What do they have to show for it? For over 40 years, Republicans have controlled the conventional wisdom around budgets, successfully using the taxpayer money myth to force Democrats to starve the beast, i.e. cut social spending, to actually starve children, veterans, and many others, calling bluffs didn't get Merrick Garland confirmed, it didn't get the GOP to buy into the Heritage Foundation health care plan, and it won't wean support for Mike Pence's racist political theater. Everyone knows the Republicans are hypocrites and liars, just like everyone knows Donald Trump is a con man, a pig, a megalomaniac, blah, 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 blah. Yet Republicans now control, get this, 68 state legislatures, 34 governorships, and nearly every facet of the federal government. When we reinforce the right wing's racist, sexist, classist frames in an attempt to expose hypocrisy, we lose. If instead we root our politics in what is good and bad, just and unjust, moral and immoral, we can win. Now, I want to just ask you all straight up, straight up. Why the fuck do you keep carrying Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan's water for them? Every time you prop up Richard Wolf and ask him a question about macroeconomics or federal spending, you give Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan one more opportunity from the grave to fuck us again. One more opportunity to fuck us again. That's got to feel good, right? Well, let me take it a step further, because unfortunately, when you think about this, <laughs> and unfortunately, I think about it a lot, okay? We have another article, and this article is another one that I doubt you'll read, which is why you're going to hear it from me. And this article right here is from Stephanie Kelton, ironically, when she wrote in the New York Times. And it's like, how we think about the deficit is mostly wrong. Now, back in 2017, nothing's changed. Names have changed, some, mostly not. Same story. With their nine-page framework, President Trump and congressional Republicans have turned to tax cuts in a bid to get victory on their policy agenda. Mr. Trump has promised to deliver the biggest tax cut in the history of our country. It achieved a rare feat of bipartisan agreement in Washington. Worry from the left and the right about the plan's potential to increase the deficit Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat of New York, warned that the plan would deepen the deficit by $5 trillion to $7 trillion. Oh, my God! Senator Bob Corker, Republican of Tennessee, said, If I think it adds one penny to the deficit, I'm not voting for it. Are the proposed tax cuts a huge giveaway to the rich? Most definitely. Will they, as advertised, create a booming economy with benefits that trickle down to everyone else? I don't think so. Mr. Trump's plan will widen the country's already dangerous wealth and income gaps. And because the gains go mostly to those of the very top, the tax cuts won't do much to promote broad-based consumer spending or overall job growth. That's enough to reject the plan, but it would be unwise to oppose tax cuts or any other federal legislation simply because they add to the deficit. Past the fucking capitalists paying for themselves there. Why? Why? Because bigger deficits wouldn't wreck the nation's finances. Unfortunately, budgetary effects are the sun around which everything revolves in Washington. Should we invest a trillion dollars in our crumbling infrastructure, offer Medicare for all, or pass the biggest tax cut in the country's history? Propose any of those in the first question on everyone's lips will be, how are you going to pay for it? The reason is simple. Lawmakers are obsessed with avoiding an increase of the deficit. The impulse is so strong that it's almost Pavlovian. It's also holding us back. Politicians from both parties should stop using the deficit as a guide to public policy. Instead, they should be advancing legislation aimed at raising the living standards and delivering the public investments in education, technology, and infrastructure that are critical for long-term prosperity. Right now, Anything ambitious requires a score from the Congressional Budget Office. A bad score, one that adds projected budget deficits, can easily doom good legislation because lawmakers are told that the math doesn't add up, and that's a problem. Because actually, the math always adds up to see why we have to look beyond the government's balance sheet. Think of it this way. Government spending adds new money to the economy, and taxes take some of that money out again. You get that? take it out of the economy. They don't get recirculated in the economy. Sorry, Tricky Dick Wolf. It's a constant churning of pluses and minuses, and their minuses become our pluses. When the government spends more than it gets in taxes, a deficit is recorded on the government's books. But that's only half the story. A little double-entry accounting bookkeeping paints the rest of the picture. Suppose the government spends $100 into the economy but collects just 90 in taxes, leaving behind an extra $10 for someone to hold. That extra $10 gets recorded as a surplus on someone else's books. That means that the government's always minus 10 is always matched by a plus 10 and some other part of the economy. There is no mismatch and no problem with things adding up. Balance sheets must balance after all. The government's deficit is always mirrored by an equivalent surplus and another part of the economy. The problem is that policymakers are looking at this picture with one eye shut. They see the budget deficit, but they are missing the matching surplus on the other side. And since many Americans are missing it, too, they end up applauding, worthlessly applauding efforts to balance the budget, even though it would mean erasing the surplus in the private sector. In other words, you're in my fucking wallet and because there is so much misunderstanding americans are vulnerable to nationalist scare tactics that warn of the perils of relying on foreigners to pay our bills the truth is there is no reason to worry about china or any other entity refusing to finance our deficits in fact we should think of our government spending as self-financing self-financing hold on let me let me let me really capture that for you self fucking financing since it pays its bills by sending new money into the economy. Why the fuck didn't Richard Wolff say that if he knows MMT? Wh- which means macroeconomics. Forget calling it MMT for a minute. Just substitute the word macroeconomics. Why is it that he doesn't know macroeconomics? Why is Richard Wolff not know this? He's been told it by Stephanie directly. Paul Sliker has told it to him directly. Ron Gray has told it to him directly. Other people have told it to him directly. He knows it, but he falls back to this bullshit. And this is an unforced error. He just did this video we were showing yesterday or the day before. We're not talking about some old video. This is current. This is what Richard's pumping out the fucking door. And you guys fucking allow him to do it without any pushback. And then you get mad at people for calling him out for being a charlatan, and he is a charlatan. When there's a deficit, some of that new money can be traded in for a government bond. You get that? The money that's in deficit can be used to purchase government bonds, because you cannot buy government bonds with Chinese yuan. You cannot buy it with Japanese yen. You cannot buy it with British pounds. You cannot buy it with euros. You cannot buy it with Australian dollars. You cannot buy it with Canadian dollars. You can only buy U.S. government bonds with U.S. dollars. Why is that? Because of the purpose of the bond to begin with. It's to take money out of the economy. So when there's a deficit, some of the new money can be traded in for a government bond. What's often missed in the public debate is the fact that the money to buy the bond comes from the deficit spending itself. Jesus Christ, Richard Wolf. why don't you fucking know that? Why does Steve Grumbine, activist extraordinaire, YouTuber and podcaster, know, but you don't, Richard Wolf? and you trade as an economist? You're damn right I'm punching up. He has misled millions of people. He has lied to millions of people because he does know if he didn't know, I wouldn't be so harsh. But he actually does know and he chooses to lie. Why? What isn't missed is the fact that the government pays interest on these bonds. Lawmakers are obsessed with this line item in the budget as if it's akin to a cable bill that keeps taking a bigger and bigger bite out of your household budget. It isn't. Unlike a household, the government doesn't have to trim other parts of its budget to make ends meet. Richard Wolf, meet Stephanie Kelton, you fucking charlatan. Congress can always create more room in the budget by adding rows or widening the columns to put more resources into education, infrastructure, defense, and so on. It's purely a political fucking decision, Richard Wolf. Of course, there are real limits to what can be done. No country can commit to large-scale infrastructure investments unless it has the available labor, machinery, concrete, steel, a.k.a. real motherfucking resources. Bah. God damn. Trying to spend too much will cause an inflation problem. Not because of the money, but because of the lack of available resources. And more importantly, the government, the federal government, could institute price controls. It could do anything, but it is beholden to free market-mindedness. Okay. Trying to spend too much will cause an inflation problem. I don't know if I agree with that because it's not a matter of spending too much. It's a matter of whether or not there are real goods and services, and then there becomes a bidding war for those scarce resources. That could cause inflation. Could. But see, inflation by one sector, is not inflation. Inflation is actually the persistent rise in all prices. Not just one. That's called a relative value story. The rise in all prices is inflation. Okay? And it's important to understand that one person on the wrong side of that, the, the one side is getting more money, the other person spending is probably getting spending more money than they have. So it decreases their buying power. The trick is to adjust the budget to make efficient use of the people, factories, and raw materials we have. Oh, shit, you mean to plan the economy? To actually plan the stuff? Well, that doesn't sound very free markety to me. But all this goes unrecognized on Capitol Hill, where the very words debt and deficit have been weaponized for political ends. They serve as a body of armor to politicians who would deny resources to struggling communities or demand cuts to popular programs. Folks, some of your favorite progressive candidates out there have been talking about deficit reduction. Biden is out there celebrating deficit reduction and ridiculously awful people are giving Biden air cover. Even some of the MMT folks who find themselves a little bit too blue, too blue instead of MMT, a little bit too blue and their perspective, and they get butthurt about someone like myself speaking ill of the lovely Democrats. Sorry, I just do what I do because I do things that are honest. I don't fucking lie. I don't have to fucking use polite language because I'm fucking pissed. And you should be too. Don't leave the pissed off to me. I'll know when you get it, when you're angry like I am. Once you're getting it, you will be angry like me. There will be no in-between. You'll get it. And I will see that fire go on. You're not going to be dicking around. You're going to be hardcore at this once you get this. Perhaps no one is more skilled in the dark art of deception than Representative Paul Ryan, the House Speaker. He has described the budget outlook as a fiscal train wreck, and he has demanded cuts to programs like Social Security and Medicare in the name of protecting future generations from a crushing burden of debt. Sound familiar, Richard Wolf? You said the same stupid shit, too. Richard Wolf and Paul Ryan, who, who'd have thunk it? Stepbrothers, huh? I bet Richard Wolf was the one that put his nutsack on uh, Paul Ryan's drum set. His language is poll-tested and inflammatory by design. It's intended to create a sense of urgency to move the budget into balance, where we are told the math of federal spending will finally add up. In a more rational world, lawmakers would abandon the crude CBO scoring model and recognize that risk of overspending is inflation, not bankruptcy. They would avoid fruitless battles over debt ceilings, and they would acknowledge that the deficit itself could be deployed as a potent weapon in fights against inequality, poverty, and economic stagnation. Thank you very much. Thank you fucking very much. I want to know how many of you all will listen to Richard Wolf and believe that the government needs taxes from the rich to fund itself. I wanna know how many of you fucking people believe that shit still. I wonder how many of you all have actually shared that shit out and told people this is the way it is. I want to know how many of you all have literally put a gun to the progressive movement and pulled the trigger right into the forehead, right into the junk sack. Bam! Fucking castration by moronicness. I want to know how many of you have shared this shit. Because let me show you something. Just so you don't think I'm making this crap up. I want you to know how much this is really killing me. Because when you see the number here, When you see the number here, you're going to realize, you're going to realize, unfortunately, that the powers that be are strong. 773 people liked this stupid thing. Only three people downvoted it. If you look, let's look at these comments. Jeha Jaffrey, great job as always, keeping the truth alive for humanity and the planet to wake up humanity. Love. Nope. Downvote, fucker. Dr. Wolf once said something like everyone wants the government to do things for him, but no one wants to pay taxes. He explains things so well. Dislike. Thanks for the explanation, Professor Wolf. Downvote. Linda Chrisman. The Constitution instructed the government to coin dollars to pay for health and well-being for its people. Yes, Linda Chrisman knows her MMT. Look at this. Let's see all this. Thanks to Hamilton and Woodrow Wilson for creating a private Federal Reserve Bank. Shut up, snapperhead. Here we go. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Put your fucking creature from Jekyll Isle. From Jekyll pile in the waste bin and learn how the fucking government government actually works. Damn, sorry Jimmy, you're a a loser. An idiot, a loser, a microphone abuser. Let me upvote my own like sniffing my own sack. My father picked up some piece place, the quip, the government exists to aid the rich and intimidate the poor. Eh, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Howard Zinn will show it to you. But Timmy, I know you don't believe So I'm downvoting you just because you're an idiot. I'm betting you're one of the poor, right? Probably. Good. I'm not a billionaire nor a corporation. While the quip says poor, I think the more accurate statement is to aid the rich and intimidate everyone else. That's true. Bravo, this answered a question that's been on my mind forever. Thank you, Professor Wolf. I'm going to downvote that and I'm going to say, except he he failed you miserably. And I'm going to give her the dangerous myth of taxpayer money to look at. Because, you know, I roll like that. I mean, I hate to bust this dude's cherry, but my God, he is not doing anyone any favors. Do you guys see this? I mean, this is a man who should know better, but doesn't. Absolutely true answer, wrong. Let's go ahead and just dump this thing in there anyway, even though he didn't ask for it. (laughs) It's time for the ordinary American citizens to fight the injustice, or they too, passive or gullible. Eh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but I'll thumb up it. And I'll go ahead and give him, you know, a link. Okay? Yeah, we'll be here all night. This is the problem. Financialization is only just getting started. Now Wall Street is working on turning our natural resources, into an asset class. He's not lying. He is not lying. You forgot about greed. That's right. Let's go ahead and give him something that he probably has never heard before. Debt is just an indirect way of establishing and enforcing servitude to existent concentrated power. That's not wrong. This wasn't that great of a representation of what happens, either the capitalist bond market way or the MMT way. It'd be more interesting to illustrate money as the synthetic token that it is, like a casino issuing chips. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if he's right. If they realize there's too many chips in the casino floor, Then they should increase the minimum bets limit or charge an entry fee tax. Or they can offer big whale players a premium, especially because then those whales aren't going to bid up the game. Yeah, so far I'm digging it. Or they can start charging chips for drinks, et cetera. Same as the government, except in this case, it's a private government. Sure, this analogy breaks down when you account for state regulations requiring minimum deposits, but that would lead another conversation for leverage loans, how private banks. Are actually the ones doing a lot of the money printing in the economy. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm downvoting it. He went off the rails. We don't print money. We don't fucking print money. And I'm telling you right now, this is this this guy had it so close. And then he went into this whole private banks thing. And that's where the losers go. That's where the fucking creature from Jekyll Isle goes. I've learned a lot from the professor for a long time now, but I'm still not sure why he seems to avoid MMT expl- explanation. Yes. 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 Let's see how many people we've got. Yes. This is a long-standing failing. Yes. God, there are people in the world that are decent human beings. Good human beings, quality human beings, the best human beings. I don't see why any politician asks how we do pay for it with two means, taxing or borrowing. What the hell is there to discuss? MMT, monetary inflation, is simply taxation by another name. Wrong. Jesus Christ. Discuss whether or not there is an excess capacity in the form of idle resources, etc., in the system to absorb the injection of deficit spending. without there you go i'm digging it that's actually not bad except maybe in the long run idle resources won't even count if government tries monetary inflation as an emergency ignorance downvote yeah uh, guys i could you're right oh mmt is dumb jesus christ when you say that the fundamental parts of mmt are dumb you're equivalently saying the current system is dumb basic mmt is just description fucking a ross way to go Henry Gustav, thank you, brother. I see you. I see you. Increasing, oh, 15 hours ago. You are already here, man. Way to go, Henry. Increasing the supply of money has nothing to do with it. price increases. Increasing prices leads to growth in the supply of money. Housing usually bought by taking out a mortgage, which is creating credit money. Prices are jacked up. Bigger loans are created. More money is created. Way to go, brother. Anyway, we could go on and on and on. I just want you all to realize, I want you to realize that many of the people you think are so fucking badass and cool are fucking knuckleheads. They're fucking wastes of a sperm and an egg. They should have been left on that weird cover at the cheap $55 motel, $55 motel, $55 motel. They should have been left on that fucking cum catcher, okay? Because they're fucking out there pumping shit out. Now, listen to me. I want them to get it. But I got to tell you, people are going to die. From this ignorance. Now, I'm more concerned with the people dying. And if I have to trade a neoclassical economist that pumps out lies that keep people dying or the people dying, I'm going to choose the economist and throw them into the pit of hell. Like Paul Krugman. Hell, even Robert Rice, your Jesus, the little tiny cherub, the little fucking replicon. Robert Reich is one of the biggest fucking butchers of the shit of all time. Of all time. All time. Anyway, I could, t- folks, literally, I mean, I have links a mile long. I have so much ammo. It's like lock and load. Pfft. I must break you. There can be only one. If you want to learn how the economy works, you don't listen to Richard Wolff. If you want to learn how to set up a co-op, you call Richard Wolff. 1-800-CO-OP and he'll answer and he'll teach you the best there is about co-ops. I believe him to be a very, very bright man when it comes to co-ops. But the only thing that he could do to save his integrity about macroeconomics is to say, guys, Karl Marx, he was a good guy. He wrote a lot of great stuff. The most important thing he did was come up with a scientific method, a scientific method to evaluating things. And I have failed the most basic test. Richard Wolff, Richard Wolf failed the most basic one. He didn't use the scientific method. He didn't look at the plumbing of how federal finance actually works. And yet here he is taking people's money and they're salivating, salivating over his idiot comments, salivating over the shit. And how many people will die? How many people will be misled? How many people will celebrate when Biden cuts the deficit by $1.3 trillion out of the economy? While they're jacking up interest rates, making it even more expensive. That's Richard Wolf for you. That's Richard Wolf. I hope to God that if you want to come at me, bro, that you use the same method I did with links that show what I showed. You understand, I didn't just sit there and opine, I broke out James Galbraith. I broke out Stephanie Kelton. I broke out Raul Carrillo and Jesse Meyerson. Roel being the president of the Modern Money Network. Hmm. Yeah. Modern Money Action. I wonder, I wonder why. So many listen to Richard Wolf when he says the exact same things Ronald Reagan said. Hmm. That's true. <laughs> I, you know what? I have got some killer flat caps over there. I got some great scally caps, and I got some awesome, awesome peakies. So trust me, I'm sure Richard Wolf can don a more expensive cap than me, but I do go to Boston scally. So if you want a good cap and no, I'm not getting paid, but Boston scally's got some of the greatest caps. So does Poe. Check out Poe P O E. Anyway, this was uh, a fun talk. I don't have anything against Richard Wolf other than he tells lies and fibs and knows better, but still, still fucking says the lies. I mean, seriously, the hardest one was sitting there talking to Paul Slyker in New York, New York City at the New School, sitting out there in the atrium just outside the front doors where the uh, conference was going on. And he, you know, he told me, he said, Look, you know, because I, I was all excited, I wanted to interview Richard Wolf. I didn't know because I'd never read Richard Wolf, I didn't pay attention to Richard Wolf. You know, I have an MBA, a master of science, stuff like that. I learned all the neoclassical crap too, but I became an MMTer back in like 2008, 2009 timeframe. And um, you know, since then, I've been unlearning all the Milton Friedman and Hayek and all the rest of them and teaching for the last seven years MMT through Real Progressives. And more recently, the last three years through Macro and Cheese. And everywhere else I get invited to speak, I talk about this stuff. But you'll notice most of your alt-media will reach out to Richard Wolf instead of Warren Mosler, instead of Stephanie Kelton, instead of Faddle Kaboob, instead of me, instead of Rowan Gray. Rowan and Stephanie went on Jon Stewart. Talked about it. I've been on Jimmy Dore. Stephanie's been on Jimmy Dore. Stephanie's been on all the mainstream medias. But you notice many of your heroes bring Richard Wolf on to explain MMT. Why is that? Why do you think they ask someone that doesn't know MMT to explain MMT? I want you to ask yourself hey, guys, can somebody bring on somebody to talk to me about NASCAR? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think Greta Thornburg would be a good person to talk about NASCAR. hey Greta, what's going on um what, you know how many turns of the old crank do we need to put in the you know the lift I mean how, how you know what what are air pressure we run in them tires uh she'd sound just like Richard Wolf explaining MMt she'd sound just like it. See, Marxist. I speak Marxist socialist buzzwords, and I don't get it wrong. I'm not even an economist. I'm not a waste of a sperm and an egg. I'm not left on the sheets like he should have been with this thought process. Like seriously, it, like like we all don't know until we know. We all don't know until we know. But I'm telling you right now. I know from the time when I went to the news school back in 2017, 2018. At least that far 2018 that Richard Wolff already knew MMT. In fact, when Stephanie Kelton went out there and published her article in the LA Times talking about the government could provide everyone a pony if it bred enough ponies. Richard Wolff shared Stephanie Kelton's article around. And I was like, I did a video years ago about how excited I was that Richard Wolf was finally on board. Only to find out five minutes later, like so many others, he's right back to the same bullshit. I just want you guys to understand, we're never going to solve a Green New Deal. We're never going to stop the military. We're never going to stop all the other shit we do around the country, around the world. We're never going to fucking create a better society without the race to the bottom with the states competing with each other until we get this right. Because right now, the same kind of neo-maxis and dweebies that listen to Richard Wolf also believe that states can handle Medicare for all. States, which are currency users, after everything we said, they still will fucking come back to think that goddamn states can fund Medicare for all, all 50. It's a lie. It's a fucking lie. But you tell them that and it's like, oh no, they're not in solidarity. What the mother Not in solidarity. Wait a minute, hold on. So you want me to dumb myself down so that you can feel good about your state-based Medicare for all? Uh, no. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. It's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be magical. MMT is fact. It's the fucking plumbing system. The T. Oh my God. Please watch my video on revisiting the T and MMT. Here, let's go ahead and do it. Shit. I was going to get off, but nope. I'm going to keep it going. Here we go. Let me go ahead and stop sharing. We're going to go ahead and break out. What is the T and MMT? God damn. Now, this is going to be quite a bit. I'm not even going to lie. This is going to take some doing because this is a lot to share. Okay. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I am going to hate myself for doing it because this is a long article. So I'll skip around a bit. But this is cool. And you'll understand why it's cool, because I believe that somewhere in here I might even be called out. I might. I, we might even have my interview with Bill Mitchell in here. But this is Thursday, September 20th, 2018, Understanding What the T and in MMT Involves. I've been meaning to write on this topic for a while, but a tweet the other day reminded me there was still a major misunderstanding of what modern monetary theory represents and what is time to clarify some of those errors in comprehension. Specifically, there's a current out there that considers MMT to be incorrectly labeled because according to the argument, there is no theory involved. It's hard to imagine why anyone would think that, but the fact that they do tells me that I should write this blog post. Anyway, so he goes through here and what is M- what is new about MMT, what is new about it, part two, what is new about it, part three. When I don't know the meaning of something, I initially look up the dictionary, what part also helps me understand the etymology involved, the Oxford Dictionary for Theory, a supposition or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles, independent of the thing being explained, a set of principles of which the practice of an activity is based an idea used for an account for a situ to account for a situation or justify a course of action mathematics a collection of propositions to illustrate the principles of a subject comes from the late 16th century denoting a mental scheme of something to be done contemplation speculation synonyms hypothesis thesis conjecture supposition speculation postulation postulate po- proposition premise surmise blah 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 the list isn't very helpful because it conflates many different conceptual structures with the work theory. He meant word, but word. For example, a theory in, begins, in my view, with a hypothesis or a conjecture, which is different to a postulate or an assumption. A theory is a more is more than a conjecture, though. A theory is a contemplative and rational type of abstract for generalized thinking, or the results of thinking, depending on the context. The results. Might, uh, might, for example, include generalized explanation of how nature works. In modern science, the term theory refers to scientific theories—a well-confirmed, well-confirmed type of explanation of nature made in a way consistent with the scientific method and fulfilling the data criteria, fulfilling the create uh, criteria required by modern science. Such theories are described. In a way that scientific tests should be able to provide empirical support for or empirically contradict, falsify it. Scientific theories are the most reliable, rigorous, and comprehensive form of scientific knowledge. Scientific theories are distinguished from the hypotheses, which are individual empirically and testable conjectures, and from scientific laws, which are descriptive accounts of how nature behaves under certain conditions. So we get an idea that theory is about an abstraction intending to explain characteristics of reality. However, while a conjecture is a proposition we consider in advance, will help us understand and explain reality, they transcend to theoretical status when they are confronted with that reality using data and empirical techniques. No, this is not the talk of your fucking wife cheating on you and you have a theory of why she likes this kind of guy over you. Okay, no. However, while a conjecture is a proposition we consider in advance, I've read that. All right. So we start with a conjecture or a hypothesis and then interrogate that supposition with the data. I don't want to get into the external debates in the philosophy of science about falsification and the like. Suffice it to say, I'm not a popper in falsification and lean more into the ideas, uh, uh, M. Ray Lakatos, but not his anti Marxism British phase and even Paul Fryerben, A body of thought often doesn't subject itself to empirical scrutiny because it is inherently untestable. It represents a sort of core faith. The hardcore of the research program is Lakatosian sense. I don't know what that word is, folks, and maybe I'll look it up later. Surrounding that hardcore is a protective belt of auxiliary hypotheses, which taken together constitute a falsifiable theory. But the practice of refutation empirical scrutiny might conclude that the theory, the hardcore, and the auxiliary hypothesis together produce false empirical predictions. See below. But then we have a dilemma. Does the empirical prediction failure lead to a rejection of the theory or just an alteration of the auxiliary hypotheses? Scientific communities are very reluctant to jettison their hardcore when they can simply alter the protective belt. But ultimately, too many empirical failures spawns counter-paradigms, which eventually supplant the dominant paradigm, and so it goes. But all those rabbit holes aside, what is obvious is that even though research and theorizing in the social sciences must involve empirical confrontation, it is quite different to the natural or physical sciences because we study humans in uncontrollable situations. That means the way we proceed and the types of conclusions we draw are quite different. There are no laws in economics as there are in physics, for example. This has been a debate within economics for decades. The mainstream likes to think that they are doing science akin to the way a physicist does science. This gives them a sense of authority, which they use to parade over the masses and tell them certain propositions are non-contestable. They even call some of their conjectures, meaning you know whimsical ideas, laws. For example, the so-called law of diminishing returns, which is a pillar in the propositions that mass unemployment is the result of excessive real wages, and hence cuts are required to cure it. To hide the ideology, they invented a law. To hide the ideology, they invented a law. While gravity is a law founded on measurable physical relationships, this mainstream economics law is just an assertion, which because of its conceptualization and abstraction, marginal analysis, bears little relationship to the real world practices and is inherently untestable as a conjecture. The real world doesn't look as though the law could be applicable in most situations, certainly outside of agricultural applications. So we understand that economics is a social science and is contestable as a result. A theory, thus a logical ordering of linked conjectures about the real world. A theory will typically have several components, definitions and concepts which describe or delineate key components that make up the theory. So concepts such as national income, unemployment, trade, et cetera, these concepts will be defined in a particular way, often in economics related to an accounting manner. So total output, GDP, is the su- equal to the sum of the expenditure flow on final goods and services in some particular period. There are a number of definitions and concepts required to make these statements operational. Functional or behavioral relations, which take the important variables concepts right out of how they interact. What drives what and to what effect? This stage of theory requires us to make assumptions as a way of adding some control to the analysis and to develop conjectures, hypotheses, predictions and shocks. When we shock the behavioral relationships that make up our theory by changing values or variables of the parameters, linking them to the behavioral specification and make predictions as to what happens to some or all the variables of the system. That is what I think of as a process of theorizing. A theory transcends hypothesis when it has empirical congruency. Empirical fucking congruency. So if we say that if national income rises by a dollar, household consumption will rise, but not by a dollar, that is a conjecture or a hypothesis. If it turns out that the conjecture is what happens in the real world, then we have a theory that is congruent. And he goes on and on and on. There's a lot of misconceptions, blah, blah, blah. And you can read this. I I will make sure that you guys get this. But you see how long this is. Here he says, now, why is there a T in MMT? At the outset, we have to be careful not to conflate theory with new. A body of work can be considered to be a theory, even if in putting together that body of work, there was no new theorizing involved. In the case of MMT, there is a substantial body of theory that we inherited from past schools of thought and integrated into the MMT framework, the standing on shoulders of giant syndrome. Now, let's start thinking about theory in the MMT context. Here's a simple example. An off-stated claim is that MMT is about accounting relationships. Well, in part, it certainly is. It is part of the stock flow tradition in heterodox economics that ensures consistency between flows of things and the stocks they flow into, period to period. Stocks being money and savings and stuff like that, and flows being the spending. Okay, I wrote about this in a blog post, Stock Flow Consistent Macro Models, September 8, 2009. Those who want to make the spurious claim about MMT often use sectoral balances framework to make their point. They note that the basic sectoral balances relationship, which is a core part of the way an MMT economist analyzes the world, is at the heart an accounting truism that has to be true because it is derived from a larger accounting framework, the nation's national accounts. That is true so far. While I know there's a debate in accounting about the theory of accounting, we will accept here that an accounting truism is one that has to be true, add up in this case. By the way we define it, It is not an opinion or conjecture. It has to be. So the statement, the government deficit surplus equals the non-government surplus deficit dollar for dollar is such a truism. It must be true. Cameron, I love you. Go away now. All right. So here's the deal, guys. My wife is banging on the door. So I'm gonna have to ultimately stop this live stream right in the middle of it. And I hope you guys will forgive me, but please look it up. It's out there. It is important. And I hope to God this whole live stream showed you, don't listen to Richard Wolf on Macroeconomics. Listen to him about co-ops, but not Macroeconomics. That, I am out of here, folks. Have a good day, everyone. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash real